pre-roll sales during the pandemic went up about 50%, incredibly popular in places like here in Washington State where I'm at. Not so much yet in Arizona, where it's a little bit more conservative, but nonetheless uh, widely popular because of the convenience factor and price, price and convenience. We're going to look at um, a couple of this report from Headset on a couple uh, data points, um, all about the success of the pre-roll category. So we're going to take a look at the market share, the segments, packaging sizes within U.S. and Canada, and talk about uh, how and why pre-rolls are increasing in sales uh, and increasing in popularity, all coming up. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. First off, taking a look at pre-roll market share history over time, comparing the U.S. and Canadian markets. So pre-roll market share in the U.S. stayed between 7 and 11% over the last three years, reaching a new high in August of 2021 at almost 11%. Uh, the pre-roll market share in Canada is a lot higher than the U.S., um, so that was uh, on average around 18.5%, while in the US average was about 9.5%. So COVID kind of affected the pre-roll market share in both countries. I know myself at the very beginning, I was worried about combustion, uh, and then that kind of faded off fairly quickly. Um, so a lot of people didn't uh, burn or combust during that time. So between March and May, market share in the US decreased 7.5%, the lowest since 2018. Uh, both countries kind of experienced this steady market share growth so far in 2021. Um, and so looks like, um, especially with Infuse, we'll kind of dive into that as well as there's been more uh, options and SKU products. All right, so if we dive in a little bit farther and then look at the states and provinces uh, from this year through August, at least, you can see that the individual Canadian markets have a much higher market share than most of the U.S. markets. Massachusetts as the notable exception. Um, maybe there's a lot of colleges there, a lot of people um, wanting to try different cultivars or strains as it's kind of a newer emerging market. I mean, there's at least five colleges, I think, in the Massachusetts area in Boston. So uh, that could be one reason. Uh, British Columbia, they're the largest pre-roll market share of all of the markets that headset tracks. Pennsylvania, lowest market share. Uh, because pre-roll sales are prohibited. <laughs> Maryland, Colorado, Illinois, and Arizona all have pre-roll market shares around 7%. Uh, Arizona, one of those conservative markets that I was thinking about where vape is more popular than pre-rolls, but as um, normalization occurs, that might shift. When comparing some of the differences in U.S. and Canada, the second best-selling segment within the U.S. is the infused segment. That's about a third of all sales. But in Canada, the same segment is only 0.1% of sales. Pricing is a possible reason for the differences in the infused markets. Uh, in Canada, they're priced 57% higher than the average item price of other segments. In the U.S., infused is only 18% higher than other segments. So you're seeing some market share of the Indica and Sativa single strain segments more than double the size of the market share in the U.S., where hybrid uh, is a lot more popular. So people not wanting to, um, people are kind of just using pre-rolls in the U.S. during the day, maybe at uh, in Canada, that's kind of their, their night cap. Blunts or Canagars are really popular too. Um, and so we're seeing 4.2% of the pre-roll market in the U.S., only 0.1% in Canada is buying blunt. So maybe they're still kind of rolling their own 
hasn't quite made it its way out there, but that's going to be a huge, huge market. So not a lot of people buying automated blunt rolling machines yet, but um, someone in Canada is going to be doing it. Somebody in Colorado has already been doing it for a while. And so I think that market will just kind of uptick as people, as, as it gets cheaper, $18 for a 3.5 gram blunt, not bad. It's not a bad deal. So as it becomes more readily available at a cheaper price, people will buy those more and more. Serving sizes of pre-rolls. I think we're going to dive into finding that smaller and smaller is more and more popular. Um, number of serving sizes or the count of pre-rolls in one package is different between the U.S. and Canada. The single serve um, is 60% of U.S. markets. They only make up 11% of sales in Canada. 34% uh, of U.S. sales are single package pre-rolls uh, for infuse. Not as popular in Canada. So majority of Canadian pre-rolls, there are um, three servings. That makes up the most sales. It's a hybrid single strain. We are seeing more people in the U.S. having packs, uh, whether it's a mason jar or a pack of um, joints, either three or 10 or whatever the amount is. Um, but in Canada, it's taken off a lot faster. So it's actually almost a third of the entire market up there um, having a, a 10 plus serving size of pre-rolls. It's only 9% of the U.S. market share. So Maybe uh, eventually people will end up buying more, um, especially with delivery, you know, maybe delivery, they'll have minimums, you know, a minimum purchase order that you have to do. And so they'll just increase the number that, that they have to buy in order to meet that minimum. California is $65, I think, for a minimum delivery, but it's also over 50% of all sales. So a ton of people aren't even walking into the stores. They're not interacting with bud tenders. They're not seeing the end caps um, or any of that. So really about convenience. I know a lot of people have shifted their way uh, since the pandemic and, and buying more stuff online. Washington state, that's not an option. There are certain states that don't have delivery yet. Um, but I think regardless, if it's going to be infused with oil or keef or a fat blunt, um, more and more people are going to be wanting to smoke um, pre-rolls, whether that's an, uh, an easy way to try a different cultivar or just a grab and go so you don't have a ritual of lighting a bowl or, or packing a, um, a, a dab rig. You don't have to buy any of that stuff. You just need a lighter. That's it. So it's incredibly accessible. Uh, and that's why I think that'll continue to be a, um, a majorly, major popular form of um, combustion or, or just consumption in general. So flour is dipping down to 42% uh, in California. I think that's going to be the norm. Um, and then almost two-thirds of, of uh, everyone else is going to be consuming a different format other than flour. And pre-rolls will be one of those. Edibles will be wildly popular with beverages as soon as uh, beverages go, can go nationwide. So uh, regardless, there's a lot of options. So if you're looking for pre-roll machines, let me know. These are about $300,000 um, commercial. And so if you have 18 people on a pre-roll lineup, uh, infused or otherwise, you can replace them, reallocate that human capital to make them into sales uh, or uh, other employees to kind of build your business rather than just dumping money into Labors, uh, there's better ways of doing that. So financing is, is an option now. It wasn't, you know, half a decade ago. A lot of these uh, machines weren't even available half a decade ago. So a lot's happened in a short period of time. Um, so to find out more, you have to come back to The Talking Hedge. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is The Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Or don't. And I'm out.
Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Season one of Dope History is now available at dopehistory.com. Dope History weaves you through the lives of those who have been touched by cannabis or have had an influence on the events that shaped our laws or relationships with this plant. You'll hear tales from Frenchie Cannoli, Keith Strop, Eddie Lepp, Tom Alexander, Ed Rosenthal, Wolf Seagull, Jorge Cervantes, and Tommy Chong. Available now at dopehistory.com.